Matthew 11. Let's read the verse 28. Our Lord Jesus Christ is speaking in Matthew 11, 28. He said, Come to me. I like it when he said, Come to me. He didn't say, You may have an option. Jesus Christ is the only option. Hallelujah. Outside of Christ, you are not likely. In fact, you will not find answers to what you're looking for. There is a vacuum in the soul of a man that no one can satisfy except through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Are you there? So Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Somebody say amen. Is that not authoritative? He didn't say that, come to me, or other times you can also go to so-so and so. He didn't mention anybody's name. He said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Then he said, and I, he didn't say myself and somebody else. I will give you rest. It's important we analyze this verse of scripture because it means that this kind of rest cannot be found in any other person except in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There's a kind of rest. I would want to show you some um, deeper meaning into the verse we just read. The word labor. Jesus says, come to me all who labor. The word labor, the Greek word translated labor is, is to, it, it means to grow weary. Maybe you are here and you've grown weary. The storms of this life, the, the, the tortures of this life, the, the things you might have gone through might have gotten you weary. Or it also means to get tired. So he meant, come to me all who are tired. Is there anybody who is tired? Maybe the battles of this life have just worn you out and you are tired. It also means to be exhausted with grief. You know when somebody is grieving, somebody is, is grieved, He's, 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 maybe you've lo you lost a relation or you lost a business. You lost something and you, are, you have grief until, the, until you get to a stage where you are now exhausted with grief. It's like there's no more energy even to grieve. Hallelujah. Jesus says such a person should come where? Come to him. Say come to Jesus. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. In fact, I didn't even give you another one. It also means to feel fatigued. To labor means to feel fatigued. Where you are so tired. Even to get up and just wash your face and get ready for the day. Even that one, there's no energy to do it. Such a person, Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. What is heavy laden? The Greek word translated heavy laden means to place a burden upon. In other words, all who have burdens upon their lives. I don't know which burden you are carrying. It could be spiritual burdens. Maybe you are facing some evil attacks from your family background. It could be marital burdens. The challenges of marriage cannot be overemphasized. Hallelujah. It could be financial burden. It could be health burden. It could be uh, career burden. You are heavily laden. I said to, to be heavy laden means to, to place a burden upon or to overburden with anxiety. You are so burdened such that you are now anxious. You are apprehensive. You feel like the least thing, you, you feel frightened. Even when they mention your name, 
when you, when you hear your name mentioned, your response is, hey, did you call my name? Frightened. Hallelujah. The least thing, then your blood pressure just goes up because you are heavy laden. Jesus is talking to that person this morning. Hallelujah. What did he say you would do? He will give you what? What will Jesus give? Now, the word rest, also from the Greek word, it means to take ease. Some say take ease. It also means to refresh. It's a Greek word, anapo. Somebody say anapo. You know, I don't like quoting Greek and Hebrew here, but this one, I like the, the phrase, ana, or the word, anap, anapo. It means to take ease, to refresh. It means to repose. Hallelujah. To take ease, to refresh, to repose. I am doing this for a reason, because as we journey, you will discover that these words I have mentioned run through a certain pattern, a certain communication that will make us discover that in Christ alone, indeed, is this rest found. Hallelujah. All right. Now, let's go to Isaiah, because Jesus is talking about, I will give you rest. What kind of rest is Jesus talking about in Matthew eleven twenty-eight? 28? Isaiah, incidentally, had prophesied about this rest in Isaiah 28, verses 11 and 12. Isaiah 28. Isaiah said, For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. I've always said in this house, anytime I read this scripture, the last line is a warning. He said, yet they will not hear. And I wish you will hear. And I pray you will hear. Hallelujah. Let me read the verses again. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he, that is God, will speak to these people. The phrase, these people, has to do with, you know, a community of people. For instance, he was talking to the nation Israel. And in our time, he's talking to the church. He's talking to even those who are yet to join the church. To whom he said, this is the rest. He's talking to us. This is it's not one of the rest. It's not an alternative. It is the rest. There's a definite article there. This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they will not hear. Hallelujah. I hope you remember, I said the word rest means what? To take ease, to refresh, to repose. Is that okay? All right, let's analyze the Hebrew words that were translated in verses 11 and 12 of Isaiah 28. The Greek word translated stammering. Uh, I say Greek. Uh, uh, Hebrew word translated stammering is the word mocking. Some say mocking. You will discover very soon why some people shy away from praying in tongues because indeed, when it happened on the day of Pentecost, they were mocked at. Hallelujah. You know the Bible says that the, the, the foolish things of God, mm, the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. God uses the foolishness of this world to confound the wise. God, in his wisdom, is just like if you want to, in those days, you know nika nika, cornmeal, mm, you want to go and... Uh, grind your corn. Eh? You go to the corn mill and then that is the best way. I believe in our time they have developed better ways of grinding corn. Have they? Or is it still the same corn mill? I'm asking. Okay, before a corn mill was developed, 
before the Nikanika was developed or you know manufactured, was there a means of as it were grinding corn? What was the means? It was stone. All right. So can you imagine in our time where let's say we have cornmeal ha having been advanced to the fullest, and then people are using cornmeal, and then you go to a home where the person can carry his corn to you know cornmeal to go and grind the corn, and then he's still grinding corn on stone. Such a person, what will you do? You will mock at the person and say, Ah, but what is the meaning of this? Ah, but wh why do you you understand? It's, it looks foolish, but to the person, that is what he was brought up with, this is what he has known, and this is what he chooses to as it were grind his corn. Now I brought this example, it may not fit into what I'm saying, but all I'm trying to say is that God, in his wisdom, he has chosen a method. Just like we have a method by which we grind corn, God has chosen a method, a means by which the rest that Jesus Christ is talking about can be imparted or communicated or stayed. And then Isaiah prophesying about it says, with a stammering lip. The Hebrew word translated stammering, I said it's well, mocking. It's actually the, the Hebrew word foreign. But the, 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 the emphasis here is mocking. It's like, you are. can you imagine when somebody is praying in tongues? If you don't take care and your mind is not renewed, if you are the natural man, you may say, look at them. All they're doing is, what is that? Are they mad? And yet, God says that this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet, they will not hear. They will not hear because their minds are made up. They believe that they have a better way. They believe that the best way to get rest is for you to just go to some gym, get some energy drink, do some exercise, you know, eat good food, take proper medication, take good care of yourself. And all these things are good. They are means of introducing rest into the human body or into the, in fact, not even to the human soul. That's the body. But the rest here we are talking about has to do with the soul. Hallelujah. And God is saying that, look, you may choose many alternatives to get rest. Do you know that ever since man fell in the Garden of Eden, ever since, there's a vacuum in the soul of man that can never be satisfied by any means or anything except that soul gets back into God. And you cannot get back into God except through Christ Jesus. That is why Jesus said, come to me. You want rest for your soul? Come to me. Don't go anywhere. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What you are looking for is in me. That's what Jesus is talking about. You can't find it out of, outside of Jesus. Some have used many means to get this rest. They have used sex. They went into sex, you know, sex orgies. I mean, enjoying themselves, so to speak, quote unquote. Only to realize that, ah, at the end of the day, the so-called sex ended up giving them some disease. And then they short-circuited their lives and died and went even to hell. Are you there? Some have used alcohol. Some have used drugs. Some have used um, pornography. Some have used all kinds of things. Look, the generation we live in is the, the worst generation ever. Worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. Some have used bestiality. You know bestiality? To sleep with animals. Some have used incest where they believe in Europe, for instance, some there are countries that have now, you know, made a law that, you know, a brother can marry a sister and it's okay. Or in, I mean, in a bit to, I mean, looking for rest for the soul. Jesus said, come to me, hallelujah. That rest you're looking for is in Jesus. 
You cannot find that sort of Jesus. Some have used wild music. They believe, you know, music has effects. I hope you know that. Like we had worship right now, it has its effect on your soul. Likewise, if it was another kind of music, you can imagine the effect on our souls by now. By now, you would have been wild. There are some music you hear that makes you wild. It can make you crazy. You start misbehaving. Hallelujah. There is nothing in this world that can satisfy the human soul than the rest that is found in Jesus. We'll find that rest very soon. Hallelujah. So I said the Hebrew word translated stammering is mocking. And then the word translated lips. He said, for with stammering lips. The word translated lips is language. Some say language or speech. So he's talking about a mocking language. A mocking speech. A speech that people will look at you and start mocking at you. See them. With, you know, the language they are even speaking, they don't even understand. All they are doing is... Do they even understand? That's the natural thinking of, of human beings. What are they doing? And yet Jesus says, this is the rest. We'll find out whether this, what, what, this was what Jesus was talking about or not very soon. Hallelujah. This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is a refreshing. Yet they will not hear. Hallelujah. All right. The Hebrew word also translated rest. Okay. Look at it. For with stammering lace and another tongue. The word another, even from the Hebrew word, actually is other. Like we say other tongues. Mm-hmm. Other tongues. So another is the word other. Other tongues. Different tongues. In fact, another word is different tongues. So just like we speak, we speak different tongues when we are speaking in other tongues. Likewise, Isaiah had prophesied that this is what God is, is going to use to bring rest to the human soul. The Hebrew word also translated rest is repose. Some say repose. It is also ease. Some say ease. Repose and ease, are they different from what I, I, I mentioned in the Greek in Matthew eleven twenty eight? 28? No, the same. All right. And then when the, the word weary, it says, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. The word weary is the faint or the exhausted, the thirsty. Take note of the word thirsty because you will see Jesus talking about the thirsty very soon in John chapter 7. Hallelujah. And then he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. The word refreshing is rest. Some say rest. It also is repose. So you can see some words running through all that I'm saying. Rest, repose, refreshing. They go hand in hand. Jesus spoke about it in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Isaiah had prophesied about it in Matthew 28, verse 11 and 12. Hallelujah. All right. Turn with me. Let me just show you how they mock some people in Acts chapter 2. Acts 2. Acts chapter 2. Verses 12 and 13. Now, on, in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit had been given after Jesus Christ had gone to heaven. Ten days after the Holy Spirit was given. And on that day, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They started, they started speaking in other tongues. Look at verse 12 and 13. The Bible says, There were a lot of people who saw them, the 120, praying in other tongues with stammering lips. The people who were speaking were speaking other languages other than their mother tongue. They were all Hebrews. They were all Jews. So they couldn't understand what they were saying. But to those who were hearing, they were like, Ah, this is what speaking a language. What are, what are they saying? What is happening? Are they drunk with new wine? Look at verse 12. Bible says, So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? 
or others mocking, some say others mocking, said they are full of new wine. So you see, we see what God has done. Isaiah prophesied that a day will come, God will bring a mocking language. Don't be surprised when you are speaking in tongues and somebody out there who lives with his natural thinking and who lives a natural life alone begins to mock at you. I believe this is one of the reasons why many of us shy away from receiving the Holy Spirit when the opportunity is given. I believe. Hallelujah. Because in your mind, why will I go and stand somewhere assuming, you know, my boss or my subordinate or my neighbors begin to see me doing what is the meaning of that? They will mock at me. God, God spoke about it 700 years before it happened. Hallelujah. It's a mocking language. It's a mocking speech. Yet this is the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. The foolish things of God. God chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. So those who believe that they are looking for rest other than God's means, they aren't going to get it because this rest can only be found in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Acts 3 also. Acts chapter 3. You know, the Holy Spirit had come upon the 120. Even that same day, 3,000 souls were added to the church. They started growing, doing wonderful things. Then in Acts chapter 3, we find Peter and John going to the temple. They met this man who was born you know, impotent in his legs. In other words, he was lame from birth. And he asked for arms. Peter and John said that uh, silver and gold we do not have, but such as we have, give to you all that, 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 that. You know the story already. But I'm just showing you something that happened in, in verse 18 and 19. After the people have seen the miracle of the paralyzed man getting healed, and they were amazed, and they were running after Peter and John, listen to Peter's language in verse 18 of Acts Chapter, chapter 3. Okay, so Peter says, But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Hallelujah. Then in verse 19, Peter says, Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Someone say times. Have you seen where our theme today is coming from? Peter is saying that, look, if you even read the preceding verses, maybe let me take it from, I took it from verse 18, is that right? Let me take it from um, um, verse 12. You'll see what Peter said. Peter said in verse 12, he said, so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Did you hear Peter saying denied? Peter said it all. This is a new man. Hmm. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and kill the prince of life whom God raised from the dead of which we are witnesses and his name through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know yes the faith which comes from through through him has given this perfect soundness in the presence of you all verse 8 17 yet now brethren i know that you did it in ignorance as did also your rulers but those things which god foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that the christ would suffer he has thus fulfilled 
Then verse 19 says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing. Peter is telling them that look, the, the presence of God in our lives that brought about this miracle cannot come into your life if you don't have Jesus. Are you there? And Peter calls it times of refreshing. Why did Peter call it times of refreshing? Because he, he was cognizant of what Isaiah had said. Isaiah said that with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to these people to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest and this is the refreshing. So Peter was quoting Isaiah when he said, so that times of refreshing may come upon you from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Meaning that when one receives the Holy Spirit, it is time to be refreshed. Hallelujah. I don't know whether you are getting refreshed with the Holy Spirit in your lives because it is one thing to receive the Holy Spirit and it's another thing to engage Him in that communion with that stammering lips, with that mocking language so that you will be refreshed, so that you will enter into rest. I pray today will be the beginning of true rest to your soul in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Turn with me to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. Let's read verses 37 through 39. The Bible says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, did you hear that? If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Here again, Jesus is saying that, come to me. Look, salvation is in no other than Jesus Christ. Satisfaction to your soul is found in no other than in Jesus Christ. If anyone tests, let him come to me and drink. Oh, I like it. That's what we did this morning. Drinking into the spirit. Verse 38. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, the King James says, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Take note of the phrase, rivers of living water. 39 says that, but this he spoke concerning the spirit. Which spirit? Which spirit, please? The Holy Spirit. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. At the time he was speaking, he had not gone to the cross yet. He had not died yet. He had not, he had not gone to hell yet. He had not risen from the dead yet. He had not ascended to heaven yet. And we know that it was when he ascended, after he rose from the dead, 10 days after that the Holy Spirit was given. But here is the point. He says, if anyone tests, the Greek word translated test is those who are set to test are those who eagerly long for those things by which the soul is refreshed. Can I say that again? The word test. Hmm? Those who are set to test are those who eagerly. It's like you are looking for a way out. What can satisfy my soul? I'm looking for something that will, that will, there's a longing in my heart. There's a yearning in my heart. And you might have tried all methods and it didn't work. Those who are eagerly or who eagerly long for those things by which the soul is refreshed. And the only thing that can refresh the soul. Can I give you the answer? If verse 39 of John chapter 7 says that, and this he spoke concerning the spirit, then it means that the only thing that can refresh the soul, that vacuum that is left in the soul of man ever since the fall, the only thing that can fill that vacuum, that can satisfy the longing of the soul, is who? Who can give me the answer? 
is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, whom the world cannot receive. One day we saw that scripture. The world cannot receive. In other words, you cannot find the Holy Spirit who satisfies the soul outside of Christ. That is why he says, if anybody is, is, is thirsty, and then he said, that, uh, come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden. You can't find it outside of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is given when you have Jesus in your heart. Hallelujah. All right. And the word drink, he says, if anyone tests, let him come to me and drink. The word drink is from the Greek word. It means to receive into the soul what serves to refresh. Someone says to receive into the soul what serves to refresh. So you see, there's a common word, our common words that are going through our message. Refresh, soul, ease, rest. I'm talking about rest to the soul. I'm not talking about physical rest. Yes, when you, are re when you are refreshed in your soul, it will translate in the physical. In other words, it will manifest in the physical. Hallelujah. But the true rest that you and I, people of God, have been looking for, have been longing for, have been yearning for, can only be found in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And then he said, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. Those of us who have received the Holy Spirit, you have already received that grace. But the question is, how often do we engage this person of the Holy Spirit in communion? Because to commune with him, you've got to use a mocking language, which many of us shy away from. Why are you shy to speak in other tongues under your breath if you are even in a trusty or in a taxi or in a community and you feel embarrassed that, oh, do you know in doing that, you are robbing yourself of the grace that Jesus Christ has given you? Will you wait till you get to heaven before you realize that, oh, I had what it, 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 it took to get, my, um, to get my soul refreshed. I had it, but I didn't use it. I'm addressing both those of us who have received the Holy Spirit as well as those who are yet to receive the Holy Spirit. I believe today we can give opportunity to those who, who know that my soul is, is empty. You might have gone to school, gotten all the degrees. They told you that, okay, go get to school, and then you, you feel you know, satisfied. Then you went to school, you got first degree. After first degree, you realize that the emptier you became in your soul. So, ah, let me go and do my master's. You even have three master's. Still emptier in the soul. Then let me go and do PhD. You got it. Emptier in the soul. Hallelujah. Am I condemning education? Never. All I'm saying is that there are things that satisfy you know, the human feeling. But when it comes to the human soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, nothing can satisfy it outside of Christ. And when you have Christ, he also gives you a person. He is called the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he gives you one particular language. It is called the mocking language. It's a foreign language. Foreign to the language that you are, you are used to. And yet with that language, he says, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Then he said, yet they will not hear. I pray you will hear. I pray that no matter what situation you might have found yourself in, listen, if you have Christ, and you have received the Holy Spirit, you have what it takes to rise above that situation. Oh, yes. Was it yesterday night? I was talking to a lady on phone. Then I said to her that, you know, some years ago, a great man of God in this world, in his life, interpreted a particular verse of scripture. And I was telling her that I 
I won't begrudge such great man of God. That is his interpretation. But I still stand by the way this scripture stands in scripture. In the sense that my understanding tells me that, and the scripture is, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. This great man of God, very great man of God, we all respect him. He's so anointed, I'm telling you. But he gave this interpretation and said that, the actual Hebrew rendering of that verse, this is his interpretation. And who knows, that could be, you know, the word of God is a double-edged sword. So it's here and there. So another meaning of that verse to him is that when the enemy shall come in, look at the way he puts it, when the enemy shall come in, then like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard. Are you getting it? This is how he put it, that when the enemy shall come in, so you put comma after in. When the enemy shall come in, according to him, I have not bothered to check the Hebrew rendering, but he says, when the enemy shall come in, then like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard. And probably he got this understanding because that is the way the Holy Spirit operates through him. He is a person who operates such that when he is around, the Holy Spirit operates like a flood. Everybody can be a fool. When he even came to Ghana in 1995, the whole stadium, at Akraspo Stadium, everybody just went and down. So those who are around may know who I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So the Spirit of the Lord operates in him like a flood. So I don't begrudge his interpretation. That is his revelation. So the, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard. But I believe that the other meaning is also equally true. If not more true. <laughs> Meaning I'm not condemning his revelation. Is that right? Let's put it the way it is written in scripture. When the enemy shall come in like a flood. In other words, the enemy comes in like a flood. With one aim, to flood you, to drown you. The situations of this life, don't take them for granted. They, they have one aim. The aim is to drown you, to submerge you, to, to make you go under, to overwhelm you, to get you weary, to get you burdened, to get you so exhausted and tired that if you don't take care, the enemy, the same enemy who came in like a flood will begin to whisper in your ears, why don't you take away your life and be free? Have I ever told you the story before that in 2005, when I, you know, made some decisions that really cost us some thousands of Ghana cities at the time, and I was so frustrated because it's like, this money, ah, that just came in. Somebody came in and said that he needed the same amount. And I took this money and gave it to the person. And of course, till today, that money has never returned. So when I got so frustrated and I was walking in the street, all I could hear is, why don't you throw yourself in the street and let the car knock you so that you will die? At the same time I heard that voice, I heard another voice. That will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. That was the scripture that saved me. Hallelujah. That was the scripture that led me to start prayer resort in 2006. Hallelujah. You will show me the path of life. God said, show me the path of life. God said, show me that, hey, this is the way to go about it. It doesn't matter what storm that comes against you. The storm will come. But the spirit of the Lord, if you have him on the inside, he will lift up a stand. In other words, instead of you going under, he will lift you up. Instead of going under, you will be floating on top of the storms. I see you floating on top of your storms. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. 
So who said there are no storms in this life? Jesus said that in this world, you will have troubles. All of us go through one trouble or the other. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There is no temptation that has overtaken you except such as is common to man. So the temptation you are going through, the trial you are going through, it is common. Somebody has gone through it and the person passed. Why don't you pass also? Why will you fail? Because you believe that I am the only person going through this. Who told you so? It is common to man. But I like it when he says that, but God is faithful. Somebody say, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. But he with the temptation will also make the way of escape so that you can bear it. Can I tell you the way of escape? What is the way of escape? It is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, when you engage him, when the storms are coming, as you engage him and he fills you up, because as you are praying in other tongues, as you are ministering to the Lord, he fills you up on the inside. Last week we saw it. As, we, as they ministered to the Lord, the Holy Ghost ministered. They, he filled them up and ministered to them. Hallelujah. And when the Holy Spirit takes over, what happens is that this is my understanding. And it is even scientifically true. My understanding is that just as in science, any material that has a density less than water will never go underwater. It will float when you even try to submerge it. Likewise, when the Holy Spirit fills you up, what happens is that he gives you a density that is less than the density of your trouble. Say, I have a density that is less than the density of my trouble. So it doesn't matter what flood may come against you. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will just fill you up and then give you a density less than your trouble. So the trouble that was meant to drown you, you will find yourself floating on top of that trouble. You will use that same trouble as a chariot and you will be riding higher. You will be riding higher. No wonder Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Child of God, we have the solution. Say, I got a solution. Say, I got a solution. And the solution is the Holy Spirit. I've said it in this house before that the greatest gift God gave to humanity, the whole world, is his son Jesus Christ. And the greatest gift Jesus Christ has given to his church is the Holy Spirit. And the greatest gift the Holy Spirit has given to every individual when he is receiving to our heart. Is the ability to commune with our Heavenly Father. As we commune, we get to the level of God. Where you can even go against the law of gravity. You remember Jesus Christ ascended. In the midst of people, they found him just ascending. Without any aid, there was no crane carrying him. He just went by himself. By the Spirit. Do you know a man like Philip? Philip was asked by the Holy Spirit to move from Samaria and go to the desert. He met a man called what? Um... The Ethiopian eunuch, after preaching to him and baptizing the Ethiopian eunuch, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip. It was a literal transportation, not spiritual. It was a literal transportation. He caught Philip and Philip was found in Azotus. What does that mean? If the Spirit of God can transport you literally, like we are here right now, you want to go to 37. By the time they open their eyes, you are in 37. Hallelujah. If it can happen physically, then I believe it happens spiritually every time we engage the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I can see somebody being transported from zero to hero. Yes. How? By the Spirit. By the Spirit. That is why you don't have to cry when trouble comes. 
James says, count it all joy when you go through various trials. Don't count some joy. Count all joy. So this one, ha, I'm going to use it. I will just leap over it. Hallelujah. And I will stay on top of the storm and ride higher. The enemy will wonder about this man. When can we finish him? They can't finish you because of the person of the Holy Spirit. When he feels you are, brother, you have a density less than your trouble. The density of your trouble. From today, I see you floating on top of the same thing that was meant to drown you. When the enemy shall come in like a flood. He doesn't come in like a river. He doesn't come in like a stream. He comes in like a flood. Voracious. Just to scatter. But when you are the one who is always engaging the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, communing with stammering lips. Some say stammering lips. Mocking language. Today, some people are going to do I'm telling you. As for today, you must be ready. Don't say, ah, me, I can't open my mouth. You must open your mouth. Other than that, pastor will not rest. Pastor will be sleeping. And instead of you talking them tongues and filling your soul up with joy, you are calling pastor to pray for you. Don't you know that what you want pastor to do for you, you have it available also? That you can engage the help of the Holy Ghost. And he fills you up from within. Gets you filled up until you are fired up. Hallelujah. Like Jude verse 20 says, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. When we pray in tongues, we are building up, we are charging ourselves like battery. I believe all of us have our phones charged, is that right? If you can charge your phone, why don't you charge yourself up? Before you move out of home, why do you have to move into this world full of evil without charging yourself up? You must get yourself filled, hallelujah. Glory be to God. May the spirit of a living God According to 2 Corinthians 13, 14, it says, Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with us now and forevermore. It's not, it's not just a recitation. We are not just reciting it. We are, we are reminding ourselves anytime we are closing from church that as you are going, let this be with you now and forevermore. In good times, in bad times, in the valley, on the mountaintop, in the water, in the fire, let it be with you now and forevermore. Talk them tongues. The communion of the Holy Ghost. Let it be with you now and forevermore. Always talk them tongues. Let them say you are mad. Hey, it is happening in Acts chapter 3. They mock at them. No, Acts chapter 2 rather. They mock at them. They mock. So, is it, is it different? Is it new? Is they mock at you? Ah. It's a, it's a mocking language. Yeah, I don't mind. I'm talking them tongues. Hallelujah. Let them mock at you, but that is God's wisdom. This is the rest with which we may cause the weary to rest. Before you realize your soul, that was dried up. You who used to have some disease in your body, all of a sudden, because your soul is now satiated, your soul is now full of joy, that joy now affected your body and sickness left your body. That shall be your story in the name of Jesus Christ. Stand to your feet, somebody.